Season four of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc., whose purpose is to create a brighter future with bold representation for underrepresented youth so we can realize the full potential of every one of us. Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Today's guest is Corey B. He's a social media content creator with more than 10 million followers on TikTok. A lot of his latest clips are one minute reaction and recreation videos based on cooking tutorials he's found online. Let's hear one of them. In this clip, he's making a potato pizza. Okay, welcome back to If You Ain't Carbon, You're Starving. This man just smashed a bunch of potatoes. He put some oil on. What in the mama me a meal plan? This man just made a dang potato pizza. Okay, take your potatoes out the soil and bring them to a boil. If you don't have yourself a pizza pan, you cannot be a pizza man, all right? Okay, once your potatoes are hotter than the sun, it's time to smash them one by one. Welcome back to all my bros eat potatoes. Stop the hanky pankies and add you a little bit of Frankie's. Smells like Italy, baby. Don't forget to add some seasoning. If you don't season, that's culinary treason. Throw this in the oven at 400 degrees for 25 minutes. Give it a nice even spread. It's a me, your body. Make sure you share this recipe with your friend. But first, add that Italian blend. Put that bad boy back in the oven for 15 more minutes. <laughs> look what your boy did. Let's give him something to talk about. Now, I don't want to look like a dork, but this is one pizza you're going to eat with a fork. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge. And my co-host today is Tapa from MS389X. Hey, Tapa, how are you doing? How about you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I'm doing good. My name is Tapa, and currently I'm student council president. And next year I'll be going to ninth grade. Well, Tapa, that's great. I didn't know that about you. I was student council president, too. Started out just like when you did, probably (laughs) around the ninth grade. So you'll be the next president of the United States. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) So, Tapa, who are we going to be interviewing today, and are you excited to be speaking with today's guest? Yes, I am excited, and we will be speaking to Mr. Corey. Hi, I'm Corey, and I was not class president. I was class clown, so you guys are one (laughs) up on me. All right. Well, Corey, I can't thank you enough for being on today's show, so I'm going to let Tapa take it away, and thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. I love this. Okay, so my first question is, what led you to become a TikTok star? So before your time, Tapa, there was an app called Vine. Uh, You were younger, maybe you heard of it, obviously. But it was an Uh app that people were making skits and they were doing fun things on it. There was people like King Batch and, and all these other people that I would watch. And at the time, I was in radio. I was in entertainment and I loved to entertain people. And to see that this platform came out that made it possible to entertain the masses, I kind of was intrigued. I was tired of watching people entertain and I wanted to be the one to entertain as well. So I just kind of started making my own videos and I did what I could until the videos caught on. And then I just kept going from there. Uh, I started on Facebook and then, you know, now I do TikTok and Instagram and the rest of them. Okay. Cause I need some tips. How did you blow up on TikTok? (laughs) So my whole thing was I, a lot of people don't know this, but I've been like kind of an OG to the social media game for a while. I was doing funny relationship skits on Facebook for a long time that grew my following. 
And they were like relatable boyfriend and girlfriend type stuff, how boyfriend and girlfriends argue about silliest things. And, you know, I mean, they get jealous of each other when they have friends and this and that. So it kind of caught on and that grew. So that way, when TikTok came out, I kind of already knew like a method of what I was good at. Um, so I started doing that same thing, but just in a shorter time frame, the 60 seconds on TikTok. And it blew up. It, it just it got big. And this was during the pandemic that I really started doing it. Now, obviously, I grew tired of doing those kind of videos. And now I do cooking videos because, hey, everyone loves food. How long did it take for you to blow up on TikTok? I would say I, fairly quickly, which is not you know, the case for a lot of people. But again, I kind of already knew the method to, to blowing up on social media. So I would say maybe a couple months I had a million followers. Oh. How was your life before TikTok? So before TikTok, I was, I, for 10 years, I was a radio personality and I did radio in St. Petersburg, Florida, where I'm from. Then I moved to New Orleans. Then I moved to Chicago. And now I live here in New York City. Uh, and I've been here for almost five years now. But my life before TikTok was, it, I, it was good. I, I didn't have a bad life, but I, I would say TikTok has helped me open avenues and meet people and do things that I wasn't able to do before. But it's a hustle. It's a grind. It's just as hard as any other job, especially mentally, you know? But before TikTok, I would say that I was trying to make parody songs and do other things to try to get recognized. I just had to find my niche. Um, how often do you get hate? <laughs> every video. I mean, I, if I had a dollar for every time someone said my voice was high-pitched or annoying or they don't think that I'm funny, I, w I mean, I'd have more than multi-million dollars because I get it every day. And my thing is, a lot of people don't understand is comedy is subjective. You know what I mean? What you find funny won't be what your friend finds funny or someone else finds funny. Everyone finds funny in different ways. So just because someone says, oh, you're not funny. I'm, yeah, I'm not funny to you. But obviously, I've done something to gain a following that people do think I'm funny. So it's, it's just, I kind of just laugh it off. But it also reminds me that there's people like Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. They all have high-pitched, annoying voices. But look what they're doing. You know what I mean? So it doesn't bother me. It's just, it is what it is. You can't please everyone. All you can do is be yourself. And, then, and that's all you can do. How do you deal with the hate? Oh, man, I just laugh it off. <laughs> I was a kid in middle school and elementary school and all the schools. I was always short. I, was, I always looked young, very young for my age. When I was 16, I looked probably 11. I was bullied a lot. I would take it and kind of reverse it. I was always able to be witty. And it sucks because a lot of people aren't that way. And a lot of people deal with it in their own way. But my way was to, to be witty, kind of, as you would say, clap back and, you know, say things that, and it gets to a point now where I realize that people that are the meanest and the people that show the hate are the, really the ones that are hurt inside. Like, you know, there's a saying, it's hurt people, hurt people. And it's the truest thing because usually a lot of the people that bully, I feel bad for because their home life and what they went through with kids isn't great. I mean, there's times where it affects me, obviously, if you hear it too much. But a lot of times I just kind of blow it off and look past it. And I kind of just feel bad for that person. How about you? How do you do? Do you get any hate? Not necessarily. But last year I used to get bullied. Not too yeah. much, but just like a little. But I wouldn't really pay attention yeah. to it. So it wouldn't affect me anyway. But here's the thing is if you don't pay attention, they don't win. You know what I mean? The less you pay attention, the less, they, and if that affects them more, if they can't get to you, they feel like they lost, you know? So that's a good, that's good for you. Yeah. What in the awful waffle decisions is going on here? 
French fries and cheese on a waffle maker and... There's no way that worked like that. No way it worked. Oh, did you just make a cheeseburger and fries without the gluten? Has your role changed since you've been on TikTok? My role as, as a creator? Like behavior-wise. Oh, have I changed behavior-wise? I would say I've always been kind of this outlandish, wacky person. So not really. I've always been the high-pitched, energetic guy that really you can't shut up. You know what I mean? Like I said earlier, I was a class clown. I was the one that, for some reason, I felt like I always needed attention and I always wanted a spotlight on me. And, you know, I wasn't great at school. I did school. I did what I had to do. I graduated. I went to college. I remember being in third grade and the teacher saying to me, like, you need to get a job in entertainment because you're good at that. And it's just always been that way for me. I've always been good at entertaining. And, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's got different personalities, different personality types, different personality traits. And mine is just the way it is, you know? So I don't think I've changed. I've done different videos and changed the things that I've shot. But no, I've always been kind of true to myself. Okay. Has your life changed big time since TikTok? I would say it's changed big time since Facebook and all social media. Yeah, absolutely. I went from not making much money at all to being very well off for my family. And uh, now I'm able to own businesses that I own and yeah, support myself, my fiance and my child. So yeah, it's, I would say that social media, I'm very thankful for these platforms and the way that they allow us to express ourselves and, you know, and also help us gain monetarily. What's your favorite part about working on TikTok? To express myself, to be myself, to be creative. I'm the type of person that needs to create. If I'm not creating, I'm like, I feel, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I can't be someone that sits back and sees someone else creating and making people happy and not doing that. I have a need every day to want to produce and make and entertain. So that's my favorite part is to be able to touch people's lives. I get a lot of messages that say that, you know, they have bad days until they watch my video. And that means a lot to me. And that's, you know, really why I started doing this. Do you miss being a DJ? There's times that I do. Yeah. I, you know what I don't miss is having to be out late at night and getting home and being tired the next day. I don't miss that at all. But I do miss being a morning show radio personality because I was doing that for a while. But there's things I don't miss about it. I enjoy the free time I have now and being my own boss, to be honest. But yeah, there are things that I miss. I miss being able to use that outlet as well to please people and entertain. Okay. What's your least favorite part about working on TikTok? The hate. That's probably the haters. But you know, I say it's just something you got to deal with. It's also another hard thing is like you always having to come up with new content. It's, it gets stressful. You got to think all the time and say, what am I going to do next? And what video should I react to? What video should I recreate? What are people going to like more? It's, it's pretty stressful. But again, it's a rewarding job. So, um, Was there ever a time where you really wanted to give up? That's a, that is a great question. Actually, there, there has been times where I am, I think like, oh my God, is this not going to last long? Or what happens next? You know what I mean? Or I really need to take a break. This is not something that I want to do. And when it's come to that, like remember how I was telling you I was doing skits and relationship videos? I didn't want mm -hmm. to do them anymore. I wanted to give up on that, which is why I transitioned into something else. I tried to take that feeling and to find a new meaning to what I'm doing and change it up. So I tried to take that emotion and instead of getting depressed and letting it get me down, I tried to let it motivate me onto something different. But yeah, there's been, everyone goes through doubts. Everyone has doubts and everyone's self-doubt's normal. It's just the way you go through it and the way you proceed that makes you different, you know? What motivates you to keep going? 
my family, my kid. I've got no choice. I can't stop. I've got a son now yeah. and I have to provide him a life. Yeah, I, I would be much easier if I didn't have a family to quit. But since I do have them and they do depend on me, I, it, it, I strive to be my best at whatever I do so to support them for the rest of my life, you know? What in Old McDonald's farm is going on here? This man said you can make juicy barbecue pulled chicken in the air fryer. Listen, I don't buy it, but I'm about to try it. So, Corey, I'd love to learn more about the other businesses and projects you're working on. So as a social media influencer, I don't like to say influencer because I think I'm a content creator. I don't want to say I influence people to do things. You know what I mean? I want people to do make up their mind to their own things. As a content creator, I've raised a pretty big following. They usually come with brand deals. Brands want to pay you to do things and support their brand. I got to a point where I didn't want to keep doing only brand deals. I wanted a brand for myself that I could promote, you know? So it led into me getting equity in a cookie company called Bang Cookies, which is in New Jersey, Jersey City. We work with schools too for fundraising. But so I I did that. I own a restaurant now that's just opening up today on the Upper East Side, Madison and 54th. It's called Bill's Supper Club. And now I don't own you know a huge portion of it, but I own stake in all of this. I own real estate now, but I've used the social media to leverage you know, things for my future. Because if I don't want to do social media forever, I want to have backup plans. I've got a child, so I want him to have things to fall back on. Because Tab, I, I, I'm from a family that didn't have much. We didn't have much at all. And to be able to give my son a different life than I had is great. I just want to continue to do what I can. Yeah, I think my first job, I made like $15,000 a year. So, and that's not a lot when it comes to jobs. My first real job in radio. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your life growing up versus how your son's life is today and why that's important to you? I come from parents that I thought, in your eyes, every parent is an amazing parent. You know what I mean? Your parents are the best. Your parents do no wrong. They couldn't do any wrong. I found that out until I went to therapy and realized there's a lot of things my parents did that weren't great. So I tried to take that and flip it in my role as a father. My dad was very strict with me when it came to sports. Baseball was kind of my life. I traveled all around the US. I traveled to Japan for baseball. I traveled everywhere. And even though we didn't have a lot of money, um, my dad would save any money he could to take us to these tournaments for me to play. But it also, it wasn't good because my dad was kind of hard on me. And if I played a bad game, he'd be kind of mean. And it just wasn't very good. My mom and dad didn't have a great relationship. They fought a lot. And that kind of caused me, myself, to, to have a lot of anxiety issues now that I'm older. But I would say that the, my, my way of growing up, the things that I've changed for my son is I'm not hard on my son. I don't yell at him like I was yelled at. I was spanked as a kid. I don't spank my kid. Instead, I try to talk to him and relate to him and see eye to eye. Another thing I do with my son that wasn't done too much with me is I hug him every day. I try to show him it's okay to be empathetic because a lot of problems in this world is guys don't think that it's okay to show emotion. Guys don't think it's okay to be vulnerable. And that's a problem with people in my generation and the older generation. And I think it's something that needs to be changed. That's something that I'm trying to change with my kid. So those are a lot of things that, about my past that I'm trying to not bring on to my kid. How would your best friend describe you? My best friend would my best friend would describe me as wacky, caring, a little bit too paranoid. I was I know that you're not to the age where you can drink yet, Tapa, but my friends and I would always be the responsible one. And I was always like the DD and the person that wasn't, you know, involved in 
and those activities, very straight edge uh, and anxious. I'm a very anxious person a lot of times. So yeah, but they would say that I'm motivated, driven, and I don't take no for an answer. Okay, we're going back in the air fryer at 390 degrees for seven minutes. Do you have any questions for me? No, I do. Those were great questions. What um, what brought you to want to do this? Is this something you want to pursue? Do you like doing this kind of stuff? Do you like doing interviews or are you trying to pursue a different career? Yeah, this is my first time actually doing an interview. It was great. But like the stuff that I want to do later in life is like maybe become a chef or start my own business. That's fulfilling being a chef. I mean, you could do both. You could become a chef and start your own business. You know what I mean? Again, that's what I don't, I use the term chef lightly, but people trying to say that I'm a chef, you know, don't ever quit and whatever you want to do, try it and try it and try It's okay to fail. I've done multiple things and failed at it. When I started videos, it took me about eight months to catch on initially till I found what I was good at. So don't do one thing and think, oh my God, it didn't work. I can't do it. Change it up a little bit until it does work. Make it work. Okay. What do you do on your free time? I hang out with my kid, you know, Pokemon Go, the game. Yeah. Sometimes his, his screen time, because we don't allow him to have a lot of screen time. His screen time is me and him wandering the city trying to catch Pokemon. And really my free time is taken up by my son. Yeah. Hanging out, playing Pokemon Go and looking at his Pokemon cards, drawing. He's big into making comics. So me and him make comics. So like Captain Underpants, you know what Captain Underpants is? Yeah. I used to watch the show. Yeah, he's big into Captain Underpants and Dogman. So like he's big into like, making comics now. So we do that kind of stuff. But yeah, what do, you, what do you like to do in your free time? What's something you do, Tabla, to, to have fun? What's something fun, like, like really fun for you? Like I enjoy playing volleyball a lot. It's great. Yeah. Is that something you do in your free time? Like, it, it, go ahead. Yeah, I play with my friends. Amazing. I like volleyball too, but I'm, very, I'm vertically challenged. Yeah, I'm not too tight. So I'm trying, well, every time I try to spike over the net, I hit the net, which is, you know, they say is no good. So. Do you have a favorite baseball team? Is it the Mets or the Yankees? It's the Yankees now. I live in Manhattan. <laughs> I'm closer to the Bronx. I have, I, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to take the train all the way to Queens. And also, I'm from Florida. So spring training, the Yankees were right there in Tampa. And I was always a fan of the Yankees. Even before we had the Devil Rays, the Yankees were there. So, yeah, I'm kind of a Yankees fan. I was a big Jeter fan. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. How about you, Tab? Do you have any favorite sports besides volleyball? Do you follow football or any um, other sports? Not necessarily, but I do play the cello. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's another thing I wanted to do as a kid. I wanted to be a tap dancer, but my parents never signed me up. <laughs> I wanted to do something musically. So now my son is in piano, so we're trying to let him express himself like that. But it's awesome. Cello is great. Do you have like any motivational things to say to me? For you, absolutely. Yeah. Find what you want to do. Find what you love. Find what you're good at and do it. And don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't because that's what I heard all my life. Tap. I heard... For my parents, especially, I was an intern at a radio station where I worked for free for two years. And they said, why are you doing this? You're not making any money. This is a bad idea. Get a real job. That career turned into what I'm doing now. I've had people say, why are you making videos? That's not going to take you anywhere. What's, what are you trying to do? Why are you putting yourself out there? Now I'm sending these people money. So it's like, don't ever doubt yourself if you think you can do it. No matter what, don't ever listen to anyone because they are not living your life. You're living your life. Only you can make those decisions and only you can be your biggest enemy. 
So don't ever listen to the hate. Don't ever bring yourself down because of other people. Listen to the guidance. You can tell there'll be a difference between people that are trying to guide you and people that doubt you. Don't listen to the doubters. Listen to the people that are trying to guide you on your way. I think you're very talented. You're, you know, you're very well-spoken. This was a great interview. I love it. You did a really good job. It was great. I'm sure you make a very good class president. I'm president of the whole school. Okay. That's what I, you know, there you go. (laughs) See, see, you put me in my place, which is a good, what a good president would do. You know what I mean? Well, congratulations with that. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So Corey, at the end of our show, we always ask our guests the same question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 13 year old self? Okay. Knowing what I know now, everything's going to be okay. You're going to make it. You're not going to be five foot two forever. People do find you funny at some point. So you don't have to try so hard and just have fun. Stop worrying so much. Well, I just want to thank you both today. Tapa, thank you for being such a remarkable host. And Corey V, thank you for giving us your time and being with us on today's show. Absolutely. That was amazing. That was very good. I'm very glad that I could help. Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gazdick. My co-host today was Tapa from 389X in the Bronx. She was assisted by Aisha. Season four of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. This episode was produced by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.